I missed you guys. Bye, teenagers. I don't know if I miss you, but yeah, you're all right. No, they're amazing. We got some great, awesome teenagers. You still here? Perfect. Thank you, Mark. Hi, church. It's good to see you guys again. Um, I just uh, wanted to start with some thank yous. Uh, you know, last week uh, was an important week uh, because uh, there was... Uh, you know, Laura was gone. I was gone. You know, uh, first uh, Sunday that both Laura and I are gone, and of course, you know, since Pastor Bob has left, and so there's a there was a big uh, leadership gap there. Folks that are uh, typically up running things and making things happen, uh, but a whole bunch of you all stepped in and uh, made it go really smoothly. At least that's what I've heard so far. Good reports. So thank you for all those who have helped out over uh, last week, and and those who helped out as well this week. I uh, especially want to thank uh, Becky for uh, bringing the Lord's Word. Amen. That was great last week, so thank you, Becky. Um, and uh, excited about our barbecue we got going on after service today, and all those who uh, have been participating in that, uh, preparing the meat, which is going to be awesome, and all the other goodies that we'll be eating and stuff. And uh, so anyway, so it's uh, super thankful for all of you guys. Also wanted to just, uh, thank you, uh, church, for sending uh, Debbie and I uh, to uh, council this last week. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a cheap thing. Uh, this one certainly was cheaper than the last one I went to in Orlando, but uh, didn't have all those travel costs of flying over there. But I uh, just appreciate you guys uh, you know, th seeing that as valuable and uh, being uh, encouraging in Debbie and I going to those council uh, meetings that happen and, and allowing us to be filled up. And that's really what last week was. It was, a, it was just a sweet filling of the Holy Spirit again and just uh, tons of inspiration. I told uh, Debbie and, and Rick and Laura on our way back, I says, I think I got like six new messages in my brain right now. So uh, you're going to get all six this morning. It's going to be great. Uh, settle in. We got a little breeze. It's going to be It's going to be so good. Uh, anyway, uh, so thank you for allowing us to to do that and to go and and to be uh, around our, uh, our other pastors and wives and all that kind of stuff. It was especially sweet, this council, because it was in Spokane, which is in the state where uh, Debbie and I spent uh, most of our uh, at least ministry lives, 20-some years up there doing ministry. And so we just knew so many of the pastors and different folks uh, in the offices and different areas, whatever. So it's just uh, my heart was filled up just being able to connect with a lot of uh, friends in ministry while I was up there, um, as well as making new friends. Uh, Laura talked about her highlight in the pub. <coughs> Thank you, Laura. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was awesome, too. I mean, that, that restaurant was just rocking with the praise of the Lord, right? So it was pretty cool. Um, but my highlight actually happened before a uh, conference began, council began, uh, and uh, it was kind of cool. We, uh, we went up on Thursday uh, before council, so a week ago Thursday, and uh, our uh, Debbie's parents and our son and daughter-in-law and grandson, uh, they live in Richland. And so we went up to Richland for the weekend before and hung out with them and just had a great weekend with them, just doing all kinds of different things uh, and just having fun with them. Uh, and then Sunday after church, uh, well, first of all, uh, 
Sunday morning, I had the privilege, Debbie and I had the privilege, and this is the first time in a long time that we got to go with our son and new daughter-in-law to church together, which was really sweet. Uh, you know, our son was here back a month ago or so, but it was neat to go uh, on their grounds, right, in their, in their city and be able to uh, worship with them. But then uh, after church, we went to, uh, uh, to lunch, and uh, at, uh, on the way to lunch, or kind of while we just got to lunch, my mother-in-law uh, leans over to me and says, hey, so like if I wanted to, could we go down to the river? Because it's right on the Columbia River. Can we go down to the river? Can you baptize me today? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I could probably do that. I mean, do you want to get baptized? She goes, well, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. So, so we go to lunch, and, uh, and it was great. And so we had lunch. And then afterwards, we, we drove down a big park that's along the Columbia River. And I had kind of forgot all about it. And we drive down, and we stop, and we park, and we get out, and we walk down. And I go down into the, into the river and just kind of dip my toes in it, you know, and, and, uh, and just standing there. And all of a sudden, my mother-in-law comes plowing down behind me. And she says, all right, let's go. Let's do this. And so I got to baptize my mother-in-law on Sunday last week. So praise the Lord. Super awesome. Uh, God is good. And uh, just, uh, yeah, it's really, really sweet. Um, uh, at the uh, at council, so this is a, a group of this is the a U.S. alliance. Uh, there was about 2,500 people who were there of pastors and uh, pastors' wives and other uh, workers and leaders in our churches around the United States, plus uh, quite a few missionaries that were there as well. Um, and uh, at the end of the council, they always do the parade of nations, and then they commission all of our new missionaries that we sent out, and we send out and. And uh, that is always the highlight, uh, and it's just really sweet to see the number of couples that, and individuals that God is continuing to call to uh, faraway lands, to, to people who do not have access to the name of Jesus or to his word. And, and so we got to commission 35 uh, new missionaries, and that is just awesome and good news. Um, the alliance has always been, a, it's a Christian and missionary alliance. It started as a mission-sending organization, and it continues to this day to be really focused on sending missionaries around the world. If you didn't know, the alliance has more Christians and more churches outside of the United States than inside the United States, and that is an awesome awesome thing. And soon we'll have more missionaries being sent from other nations than are being sent from the U.S. So um, God is good and he continues to grow the church around the globe. Uh, and it was a sweet week to be able to spend uh, hearing some of the reports of what God's doing in our, in our denomination. Also, I uh, want to mention that uh, uh, worship at council is really, really sweet as well. Being able to sit with 2,000 people and sing praises to God. Our kids got to experience that at life. It's a little different having 100 people, 120 people, 130 people uh, worshiping God versus having 2,000, 3,000 in life. It was like 5,000 or 6,000. There's a life shirt right there. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I appreciate you wearing that for me today so I could point that out. Anyway, uh, it's a, just a different thing. Uh, and also, it's a different thing uh, worshiping with pastors too. Um, 
man, it was, it was really sweet. Not that pastors are more holy, but uh, there's, a, there's a desperation sometimes in pastors, right? And so for them to get away from their churches, I know for me not to, to know, you know, worship, I love worshiping here. Laura does a great job, but it's always a little bit challenging because my mind's always thinking of what's next and what do I got to do and, you know, making sure the service is going well and, and you know, did I have my notes? Did I forget my notes? Did my, is my laptop working? You know, those kind of things, right? And, and at council, we as pastors can just come and just soak it in. And it was a really, really sweet week of worship, and I uh, just so appreciate that. Um, uh, there was a recurring word this week that uh, seemed to be coming up and up, uh, up again and again, at least in my mind. And it was interesting because the word started on that Sunday a week ago uh, at a church in uh, Richland with my son and daughter-in-law. Uh, as we sat there, and the and the pastor who I actually I actually knew uh, it was it was giving the word and and being able to hear. And it started there, and then it seems like that God brought that up at least in my mind over and over and over again throughout the week, and so uh, that's what our message is today. And the recurring word is basically this, that we only need Jesus. Our vision statement starts with uh, this statement, this important statement that I think kind of sets the tone for all that we do as a church. What we're doing together as a church, what we're aspiring to as a church is to fully enjoy our relationship with Jesus Christ. And the reason that that is the opening statement, the the defining statement of our church is because Jesus is enough. Because it's all about Jesus. (laughs) It's all about keeping our focus on him. He is all we need. It is through focusing our hearts and our minds and our lives on Jesus that we are able to enjoy all that he has for us. Uh, the, the, the Sacramento short-term mission trip team, they can do nothing on their own. They have no power within them. Sure, we human beings, we've got lots of powers, lots of gifts, and we like to celebrate those things and think that we're doing something great for God, but the Sacramento team ha- can do nothing in the kingdom of God without Jesus. And so the important thing for them is not to go and to focus on what they can do or can't do, but instead is for them to go and focus their eyes and their attention and their hearts and their minds on Jesus. And as he speaks, as he leads, he will then empower them to do great things beyond what they're ever capable of doing in this world. Jesus only. Acts 4.12 says this, And there is salvation and no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And what is that name? Jesus. We can get confused, and this is, I mean, we, we should know this, but we can get confused sometimes when it comes to salvation. We, we think that, that salvation is, is about us getting our lives right. Uh, I know I've talked to many people in my time as a youth pastor, many kids that have, have told me, like, hey, don't you want to come and become part of Christ and have Jesus come and fill you and, and empower you and to live with you and, and, to, and to be your Savior? And they say, well, wait, wait a second, I do, but, but my, my, my life is really messy right now, and I need to clean some things up. 
I need to fix this or that, or I need to experience this or that. I even remember myself as a kid. I remember, you know, I came to Christ when I was young, but as a teenager, I remember saying, Lord, don't come back yet because there's so many things that I want to do in this world before you come back. Like, like this world is somehow going to be better than eternity, right? So we sometimes think that like we have to figure things out on our own. And once we get things figured out, then we can go to Jesus. Then we can cry out to him. Then we can ask him because then we're worthy <laughs> as if that was possible salvation is not about works it's not about us being able to live righteously it's not about making sure that we're doing all the right things it's not about insurance Sometimes we look at salvation and Christianity and coming to Christ, and we as Christians sometimes sell Christianity as this, that, you know, you don't want to go to hell, do you? Well, if you don't want to go to hell, then you need to accept Jesus so that you can go to heaven. That certainly is a ramification of beginning saved, right? That's one of the blessings and the benefits. But that is not what salvation is about. Salvation is not about eternity. Salvation is about Jesus and having an intimate relationship with him. We need to sell Jesus. We need to tell people about Jesus, not about all the necessarily benefits of what it means to be saved. Those benefits are certainly there. But if we don't love Jesus, if we don't want Jesus, if we're not concerned with being in intimate relationship with him, are we really saved? Because that's what salvation is about. Salvation is not about an eventual blessing in some time in the future. It's about the blessing of intimate relationship right now with Jesus. We are saved by Jesus and Jesus alone. We're saved when we believe in Jesus. Romans 10, 9 and 10, right? If you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God saved him, raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Right? It's about a belief. It's about a confession of Jesus. It's about a longing to be in oneness with Jesus. It's about wanting to know him more, to experience him more fully, to, to enjoy the relationship and intimacy we can have with him. And it's about faith in Jesus, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, right? Not by works, but by grace through faith. For those, most of us here today, I mean, we've got the salvation thing, I think, worked out for the most part. <laughs> But for us, as us Christians, I think we, we stumble when it comes to then sanctification. We have no problem getting into heaven or getting into a relationship with Jesus by grace, but we really struggle to enjoy sanctification by grace. Because we get into the kingdom, we get saved, we, we accept Jesus as Lord, we, we have the Holy Spirit come and fill us, and then we go out and we begin to try to do all of these things for him, trying to somehow maybe pay him back for what he's done for us. You know, the, the idea of sacrifice is so that we can somehow pay, pay back Jesus for his death on the cross, for him paying the price for our sin. That, that somehow if we just, you know, devote our whole life to him, that somehow that'll be enough, right? And he, he will go, okay, you've, you've paid back your debt, good job. Thank you, good and faithful servant. But no, this is not what sanctification is. Sanctification comes to us by grace, just like salvation comes to us by grace. The amazing and beautiful thing about salvation, about coming into the kingdom of God, about being adopted into the family of God, is that we immediately receive full salvation. 
We don't get a lesser spirit. We don't get a portion of the spirit. We get all of the spirit. We don't just get a little bit of intimacy with Jesus. We get all of the intimacy with Jesus. The life of a sanctified person, a person who's living for sanctification, is one who's enjoying what they already have, not trying to achieve what they don't have. Too many of us think that God is over there. We're saved, but we feel like God is over there somewhere. And I've got to do all of these spiritual practices so that I can get close to him. That is wrong thinking. That kind of thinking makes us uh, live our lives in hopes of appeasing God, as if his wrath is still part of our, what we're going to experience in our world. It also causes many Christians to curl up in a ball in the corner because they know there's no way they can get to Jesus because they're just too sinful. That is not sanctification. We receive sanctification by grace the moment we bow our knee to Jesus as Lord. We have all of God. We are adopted fully into the kingdom of God and into his family. And so because of that, we get to enjoy it. Sanctification is not about a bunch of uh, uh, religious acts that we need to do in order to, uh, you know, appease God so that we can then be holy. Sanctification is not about self-control. It's not about behavior management. There's so much, I think, of Christian, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, just perspective that, that says that we need to, you know, that we do all these spiritual practices so that we can, you know, control our behavior so that we can then become holy. That is not going to result in holiness because we can do nothing on our own. It is only God who can bring about righteousness in us. It's only Jesus who can bring about sanctification in us. It's not that, you know, I mean, let's talk about self-control. Self-control is a gift, right? A gift of the Spirit, right? Galatians 5, all of those gifts that, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? Those are all laid out. I probably missed one. Anyway, those are all laid out, but self-control, you know, we think uh, sometimes as Christians, well, look at all the great things that I do. Look how obedient I am. I am so, I've got myself under control. My behaviors are all under control. Well, the Pharisees thought the same thing. And what did Jesus say to them? Right? He constantly was talking about their hypocrisy. Why? Because they looked really good on the outside. But there was so much sin and depravity inside. The reality, all of us, no matter what it looks like on the outside, are filled with sin and depravity. Our only hope of ever doing anything righteous is Jesus. The life of Christians who are looking for sanctification, looking to enjoy what they've already received at salvation is a life that is focused on Jesus. The work that we do as Christians is not about behavior management. It's not about spiritual practices or disciplines. It's about seeking Jesus. It's about getting to know him better. It's about enjoying that relationship that we have. I could, I've told the story before about, you know, even uh, me recently with, the, with journaling. For years and years and years, 
I tried the practice journaling because everyone told me, all those I talked to, oh, journaling is essential to your faith. It's so important. If you start journaling, you're going to be able to have all of these, you know, uh, uh, memories that you can write down about God's faithfulness and all these things. And if you're going to be a really good Christian, if you're going to really love Jesus, then you're going to journal. And I tried, and I tried, and I tried. I, I bought a journal back when I was in my 20s. I still have that journal today, and it's only like a quarter filled. Never was successful until a year and a half ago when Jesus, in my times in prayer with him, came to me and said, Sean, it's time to start journaling. It's been no problem for the last year and a half for me to journal. I've I, I got pages. I, I, I do it on a computer now. I don't have a little book. Becky's got the books. You know, Maybe you guys like the books. I, 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 don't, I, I got it all digitalized, right? It's been no problem. It's been no big deal. Why? Because being able to enjoy any kind of righteousness, being successful in any kind of spiritual discipline or practice, to, to be successful in worshiping God, preaching a message, whatever it may be, is not about me having enough control or discipline to be able to do the right things and make it happen. It's about the Holy Spirit empowering me when Jesus calls me to do the discipline that he's called me to do. Sanctification is not about us putting an effort to make ourselves righteous. It's about us spending our, our lives focused on Jesus and following his lead, whatever that looks like. If it's in memorization of scripture, if he prompts us, then we go and we memorize scripture. If it's in journaling, we go and we journal. If it's in fasting, we go and we fast. If it's in short-term mission trips, we go on short-term mission trips. It doesn't matter if we like those practices. It doesn't matter if it makes sense in our season of life. It doesn't matter. We just need to listen to Jesus and follow him. Many of us have tried to, uh, to earn our salvation after the fact. And so we put together all of these practices, spiritual, religious practices into our life so that someday, you know, if there's ever any question, we can say, well, wait, wait a second. I mean, I, I read the Bible every day. I, I, I pray every day. Wait a second, wait a I do, you know, this every... No, 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 it's all about Jesus. There's no way we can ever pay him back. The amazing thing is this, and this is what I've found. I, and I tell you, pastors don't, I, I find out many pastors are afraid to, I was afraid to preach this message for a long time, that by me saying stop doing or that you don't have to do the spiritual practices that typically, like you don't have to read your Bible, you don't have to, you know, that's dangerous because we think like if we tell people, give permission that they don't have to do those things, that like they're not going to do them. But here's what I've found. I'm not just saying don't do those things. What I'm saying is don't focus on those things. Focus on Jesus. Because when we focus on Jesus, he leads us into those things. And when he leads us into those things, those things will actually satisfy us because he knows what's coming in our life. He knows the events that we're going to be facing. He knows the trials and the struggles and the joys and the celebrations that are coming. If we decide what our spiritual practices are based on what other people have told us to do or what we raise, were raised on or what 
what we think is really cool to do, then we will not be satisfied by, by those disciplines and those practices. But if we allow him to motivate those disciplines and practices, not only will they have a result in allowing us to enjoy more fully our relationship with him and righteousness and all other things, but it'll also be satisfying to us. I can't tell you how wonderful it is now for me to journal. It's something I actually am building a craving for more and more. Something that just filled me with guilt and shame. Now, when it's motivated by him and empowered by him, it's sweet, savory, satisfying. Now, in regards to mission, again, this is another area where we as Christians can oftentimes think and get guilted into evangelism. We can get guilted into missions. We can get guilted uh, if we don't do it and feel, be filled with shame if we, we've, we've never led someone to Christ before. But evangelism and sharing Jesus is also all about Jesus. Sharing the love of Jesus is not about wisdom. It's not about filling our brain with all of these uh, great tools to be able to answer all people's questions when they, and they, uh, they, they challenge us about who Jesus is or whether or not he actually exists. It's not about wisdom. You know, Paul even talks about that in 1 Corinthians 2, right? It's an amazing passage. I didn't come to you with all of this wise words and, and, and eloquent speech. No, I just came knowing Jesus, sharing Jesus and him crucified. That's it. But we so often think that it's about us getting trained. It's about us getting our heads filled with all of this information. It's not that the information is bad. Don't get me wrong. But we don't need that information in order to share the love of Jesus. Look at, the, look at the guy on the cross hanging next to Jesus, who Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Notice in, the, in, the, in that verbiage as well that he's, after he hears those words, he is calling out to his fellow thief who is also dying on a cross, who's continuing to throw you know, curses at Jesus, and he begins to evangelize him. What are you doing? Don't you realize that this man has control of your future, like your, your, your eternity? Like, we don't need to have any training. We don't need to have, you know, all of this information. The one who bows their knee to Jesus as Lord can stand up and in the next second begin to proclaim Jesus as Lord to others. Look at the lame beggar in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John go and heal him. And what's he do immediately? He begins to sing the praises of Jesus. Immediately, he's, he's jumping around and dancing and saying, oh my gosh, this guy, Jesus, he just saved me. This is amazing. These guys are amazing. Jesus is awesome, right? We do not need training. We don't need wisdom in order to share the love of Jesus with the world. We don't need a strategy. Again, strategies aren't bad, but we don't need a strategy. We just need Jesus. We just need to know him. We need to listen to him and follow him. We don't need to persuade people into the kingdom. Matter of fact, I think too, for too long, we as a church have sought, especially in America, have sought to try to persuade and argue people into the kingdom. If, if Jesus came for the sick, not the healthy, if they don't know that they need a savior, 
then they're probably not ready to be saved. But we spend so much time trying to persuade people. It's not that we shouldn't have an argument for kingdom, right? It was not that we shouldn't be able to maybe defend Jesus or help people to come to an understanding. But that's not what it's about. It's not about a strategy. It's not about persuasion. It's not about argument. It's about Jesus. The Belize trip, our missions team that went, got to enjoy six different, five, six different people that came and bowed their name to, knee to Jesus as Lord while they were there. Is that because our Belize team was so ready to give a gospel message and ready to be able to, you know, really get out there and because their strategy was so amazing and so they had figured out how to manipulate people to, oh, I really want Jesus. Oh, okay, let's go. No, had nothing to do with it. Had to do with Jesus who had already prepared their hearts Jesus, who had already been speaking into their life over and over and over again for who knows how long. And it was about Jesus calling a group of people from our church and some other churches to go to Belize for this year in April, to be there at that time, to do the things that they did, to listen to him and to speak when he told them to speak. Sharing the love of Jesus doesn't need wisdom, doesn't need strategy, doesn't need convincing arguments. We just need Jesus. We need to pursue him, to ask him, what is he doing? One of the questions, follow-up questions in your sermon notes is, do you see what Jesus is doing all around you? Do you see it? Do you see the lost souls that he's working on? Do you see them? The way to see them is not to open your eyes and look for them. The way to see them is to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, open my eyes to the lost. Dig deep into my heart and plant a heart for the lost, the same heart that you have for all of your creation. Stick that in my heart. Put it in there deep and so that I will have the same love that you have for them so that when I am out there just walking around in my life with no strategy, maybe not even thinking about Jesus at that moment, but then all of a sudden, well, see, you'll help me to see that person who is lost and hurting and who needs a Savior and is ready to receive him, and then, I, then he will give you the words to say, the prayer to pray in order to draw that person and help them make that final step into the kingdom of God. Our life says Christians is only about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And I wonder in closing if we're getting distracted. I wonder if you're distracted. I wonder if I'm distracted. There's a lot of amazing things in this world a lot of sweet things. It was so sweet last night to get home by 8 o'clock from a long drive from Spokane and sit on my couch like I hadn't sat on in 10 days. Oh, sweet. It's really sweet to see my dog, Mango. She's amazing. Right, Tim? Thank you, Tim. You took care of my dog. You're amazing. I love you forever. Probably, the per probably my favorite person right now. There's a lot of sweet things in this world, things we can enjoy. But that's not what life is about. 
a lot of sweet gifts that we have. Nice homes. Nice retirement funds. Great families. But that's not what life is about. It's only about Jesus. We can get distracted by the things of this world. And, and I wonder, you know, after I spent a week <laughs> of worshiping God, literally from last Sunday till today, every day, I've spent significant time in prayer and in worship of God, of Jesus. And it changes you. And, and I wonder, like, I, I've been there, like, my routine, like, it's really easy to just, like, I, I, I can worship, you know, on Sunday. I can, I can read the Bible tomorrow, or I can read it later, or I can, I can pray for that person. You know, it's really easy to allow the things of this world to become the focal point of our life. And I'm just finding, I, I feel like the Lord continues to draw me to him more and more and more. Now, this next week, I'm, I'm not going to spend every day in worship, probably. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. Maybe I will. I, 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 in, some part, in some way, I hope I do. Because this last week was so amazing. And it wasn't just amazing because I was with 2,000 other pastors, right? It was amazing because I was with Jesus in, 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 a, in a different way than I normally am, my normal routine. God is calling us. Jesus is drawing us into greater intimacy with him. He's drawing us into greater worship of him. He's drawing us into greater understanding and knowledge of him. Are you being drawn? Are you allowing yourself to be drawn? Because this is what happens as soon as the Holy Spirit begins to move and work in my life. I know that at the same time, our evil one, the Satan in the demonic realm begins to work up and begin to try to distract me more and more. By things beginning to go wrong or things kind of falling out of, uh, out of you know, rhythm or whatever it may be. We don't have to fight that, but we do need to continue to seek Jesus. So my encouragement, church, and this is, a, this is a message I've given many times, I know, and for many of you, maybe just a reminder. But I hope also maybe an, another exhortation, because this is something we need to be reminded of regularly to make sure that Jesus is the thing that we're looking at. That Jesus is the one that we're following, not spiritual practices, not religious you know, actions or a religious life, but Jesus, wherever he leads, however he leads, that he would be the, he would be the focal point. He'd be the thing we're looking to. Jesus is at the center of all life. And worship team, you can come up now and we'll close, or, yeah, we'll close with a couple of songs. Jesus is the center of all life. Salvation is about oneness with Jesus. Sanctification is about intimacy with Jesus. And evangelism, sharing our faith, is about joining Jesus and what he's doing around us. So church, just to let's get our eyes on Jesus, <laughs> the author and perfecter of our faith, right? For the joy set before him did not despise the cross.
despising its shame, excuse me, <laughs> and, uh, went to, and laid out a way for us. So let's follow Jesus in that. All right, let's stand and worship. Jesus, you are enough. We, uh, we just need you. It's true. Lord, I pray that you just help us to keep our eyes focused on you. There's just so many things in this world that will distract us from keeping focused on you. And sometimes they're really good things, but they're not you. And so, Lord, help us to let go of the good things of this world and instead cling to the best thing, which is you. Uh, help us to see you. Help us to know you. Help us to enjoy you more fully. Help us to join you in what you're doing. Psalm 73, verses 23 to 28. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to invite, you can go ahead and have a seat. We're going to invite our teenagers who are graduating on up, and Becky and it looks like Annette are going to come and pray for them. And then after that, I'll have some instructions for you for barbecue and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be good. So come on up. <coughs> Are we on? Okay, awesome. So earlier as we were praying for the Sacramento trip, um, what the Lord showed me as you guys are coming into um, coming into newness, the Lord is saying like, you guys are like sponges still and you can either soak in the word of God and you can soak him in so fully that when you go out, you're leaving trail behind you because he never dries up or you guys are going to be soaking in what the world is doing, what you want to do. And that's, that's not what God wants. So the question is, what are you going to soak in? Are you going to soak in um, God? Are you going to soak in the word of God, the Holy Spirit? Because each one of you has such defining character. Each one of you has the Lord upon you. And he wants you to continue to spread out his joy and be that, be that living force around you. So as we commission you, just re remind yourselves, what am I soaking in? And that goes for all of us, too. Not, not, not just you guys but it's a newness it's a newness and you guys are going to be in the world and there's going to be so much more um that you're going to be soaking in and so that's that's just the vision i had earlier this morning mm -hmm. yeah all right lord i just thank you so much for these wonderful children that you have um their map literally planned out, Lord, and there's times when, when we veer, we, we, start, we start driving ourselves on the wrong road. And as they come into this um, 
this new adventure, Lord, as they're coming into adulthood, God, would you just remind them clearly who they are and who they're living for, that you are their solid foundation, you are their guide, you are their wisdom, you are their father, you are their Abba, Lord, and may they take rest and refuge in you. And as they begin to encounter what the world has and what it's going to throw at them, may they be so satisfied and so content in who they are in you that they wouldn't be afraid, Lord Father God, to shout out your glorious, your wonder, Lord, your grace and your mercy. And that because of their faith and their testimony, people will come to know you because they are super solid on their foundation and you are so immovable, God. And I thank you for each one of their lives that you're preparing them for their journey, Lord, and their journey with you and that they would continue to soak in your word, Jesus. You are mighty, you are wonderful, you are precious. And God sees each one of you as his wonderful masterpiece. You're all designed the way you're supposed to be. Your features, no one else has. Your spirit, no one else has. You are all all individually made by God's grace and hand and his mercy. So there are no flaws in you when you seek yourself in him. And so I pray that each one of you is reminded every day that you are a creation that is just unfathomable. We can't even fathom how he makes us, but each one of you are special. Each one of you have something to give to this life. Each one of you are amazing and may God just continue to be the center and focus of your life. Amen. 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 All right. Yay. We have instructions. Oh. No. We didn't. Lydia Comeric. Woohoo! Katie McCollum. Am I? Yes. Joshua Guskey. Brian Guskey. Marcus Pictroff. <laughs> it's really Mark. Yes, they are graduates. 2023, woo, throw your hats, woo. throw your hands up in there. And, and Caleb too, right? Yes. Oh yeah, and Caleb, Caleb Gusky. As well, yes. yes. Another Caleb Gusky, yes. Another Gusky, let's put it that way. Another, another right. Caleb Gusky, but another, another Gusky, yes, yes, that's good. All right. Awesome, yes, all right, thank you guys. Uh, yeah, we've got some instructions. So uh, we've got a great, uh, great food, great barbecue, some fun games for the kids, and for if you're a kid at heart, you can play in the games too, right? Uh, and, uh, and all of that, uh, we have food in the, the kitchen area, in the fellowship hall area. So uh, as soon as I pray and dismiss us, we can go up and to get the food, you gotta go in through the front door. So you go towards the front of the building, come through the front door, and they've got it lined up for you so you can get your food and all that. And then we've got tables outside here, picnic tables with umbrellas, all that kind of stuff for you to sit and gab and have a good time and get to know each other, eat some good food. And then the kids are going to be, where are the kids going to, games going to be at, Tim? Where do you go? He left me. They'll all right. Somewhere. They'll be somewhere. So look for kids running around crazy and having a good time. That's where the kids will be. Um, all right. So let me pray for the food. I think that's all the instructions I was supposed to give. All right, let's pray. Why don't you stand with me as we uh, close and, uh, and uh, pray for our food as well. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this service. Lord, we thank you for all the kids uh, that we get to enjoy in this community, Lord, in this church, Lord. We, we love kids. We love that you continue to bring us more, and we just ask that you continue to help us as a church and as 
individual families to raise up these children to know you, to worship you, to follow you, to have that intimate relationship with you that will last all the days of their life. Lord, we thank you for the great kids that we do have in our church and for the, the ministry that they're involved in. I pray that you continue to look, give us creative ways to include them in all kinds of different uh, uh, areas of ministry. Lord, we thank you for this service too and this beautiful uh, property that you've given us that we get to enjoy uh, in the shade and in the patio. We thank you for the amazing food and all the people that have gone into making that food. We thank you uh, for the, the great privilege of living this life in unity and in in fellowship with a lot of other people that are all a part of your family. So Lord, I pray that you would bind our hearts together in this day of celebration and barbecue and fellowship and fun, uh, that you would be glorified and that we all would be blessed as we get to know each other better and get to know who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.